Welcome back to Rebuild SoCal Zone. Today on this very special edition of our podcast, I'm joined by Carol Church, who will be my co-host. This episode, we will speak with a panel of bright young minds, the next generation. First up is Bailey Bearden, who works as a store account manager at Hilti. Her brother, Bradley Bearden, who works as a union carpenter for Martin Brothers, and Joey Rossetti, who is a junior at Servite High School. First up, we're going to hear Bailey Bearden, as I said earlier, who works as a store account manager at Hilti. Bailey, what do you think of when you hear words construction and infrastructure? Well, when I first hear about construction, of course, my job is completely surrounded around construction. So I think of my everyday life. I know it applies to many people's everyday lives because construction is one of the biggest economy fuelers nowadays and it maintains a lot of jobs for many people. It also, when I think of construction, I think of the never-ending push to have a better infrastructure, which is what ties exactly into the next question you had was, what do I think of infrastructure? I think of everything our life depends on and the beauty and the aesthetics of what we see in our everyday life. So, you know, I'm on the call to with Carol. Just, Hi, Carol. Um, I, I think as a driver, and in some cases, those that are newer drivers, you're not as new of a driver, but anybody who drives, I think, has to constantly wonder and notice everything about the roads and freeways. Since working in construction, what are some of the new things that you see, or, or as a driver in particular, what is it that you see about the roads and construction that either irritate you or that you can see progress, whatever that is for you? One of the biggest things I've noticed as a driver and living in several different cities, I've noticed that there is many roads that were built a long, long time ago that need a lot of work in my hometown. They have just got around to starting to fix all the roads and the potholes and the cracks and crevices everywhere. And that's been like that for the past 25 years. And I think it takes a lot of time and effort to actually get the work out on those roads. However, I have noticed that there has been a large push to better the roads in a lot of big places and small places like our hometown. I think there's been, as if more money going into the infrastructure, pushing to have better roads, to have a safer driving experience for all these new drivers. That's what SB1, you know, the passage of Senate Bill 1, SB1, was exactly that. It was overdue. The deferred maintenance had just has taken over and there wasn't a real push. We've been trying to get that bill passed for over 10 years at the time we passed it. So it is true. At least the public can see that work is coming out. You know, the, the jobs are getting out there and the roads are being repaired, which is exactly what was supposed to happen. So good. Thanks for seeing that. You're welcome. Bailey, let's harken back for the past year. Have you noticed problems with traffic either before during or after the COVID-19 pandemic? Well, of course I have. We live in one of the largest areas, cities in the country, LA, Orange County, with a lot of density in these areas. And there's always been traffic since I've noticed. I have noticed also that in LA, they're trying to expand the freeways which has been great. However, it causes more traffic 
because they're also closing down more roads to obviously work on these freeways. But living in such big cities and dense areas, I've always lived in a traffic dense area and it's never not been noticeable. However, it has become the new normal for me. So it's for us normal, but I'm sure for other people coming here, it is very abnormal. Yeah, I couldn't agree with you more. And quite frankly, too, it's, I would say after COVID too, with less traffic, you know, but traffic's back, but with less traffic during that time frame, it was an opportunity for our essential workers to build safer and, and more and quicker. So, I mean, those were some good things that were happening while traffic was light. That's one thing I noticed. So Bailey, since you drive these roads and you know about the roads, do you know actually who builds them? Do you know actually how they get built, where that process starts? So I don't know exactly, but I do have a very general idea because here at my store where I work, I deal with several different trades of construction and one of them being civil and government jobs. And that is mainly where the roads, railroads, all transportation comes in. So I do, I know who, I don't know how. I know it requires a lot of bill passing and approvals from the government. However, I am not sure exactly who. <laughs> well, I think that's a pretty good answer because it is, you know, there is the legislation part of it, things that have to be in place along with funding, but then also the planning and how that gets planned and who approves that. So you're on the right track in terms of it takes a lot of people to get the approvals to get anything done. So yes, absolutely right on track. But yeah, I, I think that it really, it is, you know, Caltrans is out there. So I'm going to put a little shout out to those that are working with Caltrans alongside of them as, you know, to watch out for those constructions at companies and Caltrans that are doing the work out there and make sure you know the cone zone and the safety zone, because it's important to make sure that they can stay building our infrastructure. Bailey, if you brought home a report card that was D minus, D, F, how would your parents have looked at that card? Extremely disappointed. My mother is a principal. She would be very, very mad at me. There is a group called the American Society of Civil Engineers. Their job is to go around and inspect roads, bridges, multiple other factors. And they sadly, in the past couple of years, have brought back D's, D minuses on the structure of the roads, bridges. And for the millions of dollars, multi-millions of dollars that we spent, we are so far behind in making our roads safer, as Carol just said, not only for the workers, but for the, the uh, traveling public. Does that come as a shock to you at all? No, it does not. Not at all. Like I was saying, growing up here and not seeing any work done in the past 20 years on any of these roads and just now getting to it, I'm not shocked that our <laughs> infrastructure is rating at a D or a D minus because, again, it's been 20 years. Can you imagine how many cars have driven over it in 20 years? It's unfathomable. I'm definitely not shocked, and I'm hoping that changes. Well, so do we. I mean, as taxpayers, we actually deserve... If we're taking money out of our hard-earned paychecks to have an infrastructure system 
that uh, meets the needs of today's traveling public, we here at Rebuild strive to continue to educate the public and public officials on the need for continuous infrastructure funding. And we are billions of dollars behind the hole. So it's the goal not only to take care of this generation, but your generation too. So we will continue to do that, but we love hearing the feedback from the younger folk on kind of their vision, their understanding, and how this can help us form our own set of strategic plans to make it work. Well, I'm glad to help. So Bailey, I'm sure the infrastructure isn't something that you're chatting about with your friends, you know, on Friday night or what have you. But if you were, I mean, do they even know anything about infrastructure? I mean, is that a conversation that comes up? Actually, Carol, it is something I do end up talking to my friends once in a while about. The other week, I was just speaking to my friend who I lived in Seattle, Washington with, and we were talking about the money that's going back into the infrastructure as such high taxpayers. I mean, in Seattle, alike with Orange County and LA, there are high taxes that you pay. And her and I were discussing basically that we've noticed a lot of the money that we do pay ends up going back into uh, companies or private companies or private firms. And it's very noticeable as you see um, the homeless population growing and the roads not being fixed. In the long term, it's going to just show when the city kind of burns to the ground and everyone's going to ask, where did all our money go? And so it is a conversation I have had with my friends once in a while. It's not an often conversation, of course, but it is something that we do ponder because it is the society that we will be living in in the future. And if we're not fighting for it, then we're going to wonder what happened 20 years ago. It's good to know that this younger generation is questioning that. And I think it's important that this generation doesn't leave anybody behind and can continue to move forward so that the next generation is in good shape and not cleaning up a big mess. I hope we get there. Thank you, Bailey. I really appreciate you joining us today. And thank you for giving your insight. As I think a young adult, looking at infrastructure is not always the topic of conversation amongst friends, but the understanding of how important it is, I think is relevant. And I'm so happy to hear it started at a young age for you and that that message can continue. Thank you, Bailey. You're welcome. Today on this special edition, we will be speaking with a panel of bright young minds. And next up is Joey Rossetti. Welcome, Joey, to the podcast. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Yeah, absolutely. So, Joey, I know um, you're currently a junior at Servite, correct? Yes. Wonderful. So tell me a little bit about your school, about your activities. Like, what are you involved in at school? Um, Right now, I'm just involved in with baseball. Yeah. Lots of baseball. What position? Outfield. Oh, wow. Okay. That's awesome. How's it been back getting back to school? I mean, are you full-time now? And Yeah. So, Servite's been back to school full-time uh-huh. since November, December, right around there. Wow. But we started hybrid in the beginning of the year. Uh-huh. So, uh, August, September. What's it like? Is it, is it good to be back, though? I mean, do you feel like, do you like having a hybrid, or would you rather be, like, just full-time? I'd rather be back full-time. Yeah. So- it's great to be with friends 
full time because you didn't see these guys from when we were at March mm -hmm. we ended school. Mm -hmm. So I didn't see guys for months. Yeah. So it's fun to see them now every day. Oh, that's great. So glad we're back to where we're at and uh, it's time to continue the conversation. So we're going to be talking about construction today and infrastructure. And the purpose of this podcast is really just to get a idea of what it means to you. Like when you think about construction or infrastructure, what do you think about? What comes to mind? When I think of construction, I, I don't know what I think about. I just think of stuff getting built. Yeah. That's, that's about it. I don't really think of anything. Infrastructure, I don't know. Bridges, mm -hmm. stuff like that. I don't know. More. I don't really think about that as a 17-year-old. Right. And I think that that is, we don't start thinking about some of those things until we learn how things are built, how they can go wrong, and how much we need them. You know, if you were at home today and you just take it for granted, as I do too, I'm going to go to the sink and I'm going to turn the water on and there's going to be fresh water for me to drink or wash my hands or bathe or whatever. But have you ever thought about like, where does that even come from? Like, where does the water come from? I don't think about that. That's one of those things where it's, you're right, you do take it for granted. You just go home. After practice, you want to just go take a nice cold shower. I take it for granted, you're right. Yeah. A lot I, of us do. I, you're absolutely right, Joey. And that's why it's really good to have an awareness and have an understanding of how things work and how they operate and how important infrastructure is. Because without it, we don't exist. We cannot do the things that we do. We can't get to the places we want to get to. And even if we do, we want to get there safe. So, and you know what I heard too? I said, you're a new driver recently. Is that correct? Yes. I got my <laughs> license in February. Ooh. Okay. Now you got some wheels. Now you're ready to go places. <laughs> okay. So I guess a question for you would be, you know, as a new driver, have you noticed anything new about the roads or freeways that you didn't when you were just a passenger? Well, yeah. Now I actually can't just stay on my phone the whole time. I actually have to pay attention to yeah. the road. One thing I do notice, though, is how dirty the freeways are. Mm. Are you talking litter or just like dirt? Dirt, litter, lots of trash. Yeah. Especially when you're getting off on the exits. Mm -hmm. On the corners, you see lots of trash. It's very filthy. Well, all part of that infrastructure is also the repair and the maintenance of the roads, too. So not just new construction. So it's always important to keep that in mind. Because I think I remember, too... There's nothing worse than having, you know, running over a pothole where you don't see it or it's raining out and all of a sudden now you've got problems with your car and it's, it's out of alignment or what have you and there's another cost. So maintaining the roads is important for that reason. Well, let me ask you this too. So whose job is it to fix a pothole? Do you know who maintains the roads and who fixes them? Or best guess? Couldn't tell you specifically, you know, like yeah. what construction, I would just say if a construction company right, or maybe the city. Yeah, that's a good one. And, and in most cases, it's Caltrans, which is the organization for the state that maintains the roads and freeways for us. So good to know when you see those Caltrans trucks and you see people, you know, with the flashing lights saying, you know, be cautious. That's why. So that's a good one. So you did mention bridges just a little while ago on the infrastructure portion. Do you have any idea, roads, bridges, infrastructure, what California has on their report card. There's a report card that's issued every year, every couple of years from ASCE. What do you think that they rated us, the state uh, as a whole? I'm gonna be completely honest. Didn't even know there was a report card. Mm-hmm. It's like a grade scale, like an yeah. A, B, C. Like if you were gonna grade on your final or your class. Maybe a B or a C. So 
you're not too far off track. It's actually C minus, believe it or not. That's an overall for roads. And if you go into the different categories, there are some categories with D's and F's. So if we get a report card, if California's get a report card like this, if you brought a report card home with a D or F, what would you have to do? Work harder. Yep. And uh, probably mom and dad probably wouldn't enjoy seeing that. No. Especially at Servite. Yeah. But, you know, you have to pay tuition. So mm -hmm. all the hard work that they're doing to pay for the school, just to come home with a DNF, it's really not worth it. Yeah. And Joey, I think you, you're right on spot when it's not even just the grade. You know, you could probably change your grade by working harder and doing different things. But if you did get a grade like that, it eliminates you from doing things in the future. So that's exactly the same reason why, you know, if you're trying to get into college or what have you, it's the same way for the state of California and any local area is that you have to be able to keep the infrastructure in place and maintain so that you're not having to spend twice the amount of money or twice the amount of time to repair it. I had a feeling you might say something like that about the DRN. I want you to, uh, like it will hinder you from doing things in the future. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I'll get taken off the baseball field too. Absolutely. I won't yeah. be allowed to play. And I know how important that is to you from our past conversations. Absolutely. You've been building for this for a long time. So yeah, not worth it then when you see it at that point. So this is important that we continue to look at the report card and think about, you know, what does it take? As an adult, when you are able to vote, you're going to be able to talk about these kind of things. You're going to probably have a better interest because now it's going to be your opportunity to vote on those those issues at hand. So Joy, thanks so much for joining us today. And before we end our portion, is there anything that you wonder about construction? You've never had an opportunity to ask or anything like that that maybe I could help you with or we could talk about a little bit further? Well, not really, but I see on the agenda here, one of your partners is Local 12. Mm -hmm. I'm assuming, is that a union? It is. Why are they Local 12 and not any other number? Why is it that name? Or, I don't know. that Because there's other ones and it, it's always been a question that I've never had the answer to. And I would say most in most cases, it has to do with the jurisdiction because for our operating engineers, Local 12 services, Las Vegas, Nevada, and different regions as well as California. I could also tell you too, with the carpenters, basically identifies the region of where they're at or the, the group that they work out of. And that's how I understand that the numbers come from. It's an identification because they're across the nation. So this identifies to the other unions out there too, where this one's from. Cool, thank you. Yeah, you're welcome. Thanks for noticing that, that's kind of cool. Have you seen these type of logos and stuff before? Kind of caught your eye? Yeah, in movies. Okay, yeah, like, that um, makes sense. Like The Irishman, for example. Mm -hmm. I see it in that movie. And there's many others. Oh yeah, definitely. It's an important way of where they're getting built. They're the most skilled trades in the world. They spend a lot of time on safety as well as making sure it's like a, a brotherhood together that they all work well together very much as being like on a baseball team and brotherhood at Servite I mean what better way so it gives you that same kind of feeling absolutely gosh Joey thanks so much for coming today and sharing your thoughts and it's always nice to have a different perspective so as we're bringing home and having everybody come to life for infrastructure week starting May 10th through the 14th we're really focused on the next generation of construction and bringing about awareness not only to young adults but to children too there's never too late for anybody to learn or ask the questions so thank you for being here thank you guys for having me we have on 
our next guest, Bradley Bearden. And this is a perfect opportunity to have the person that we want to talk to about where the industry is going, because Bradley is in the union, Carpenters Union. He works for Martin Brothers. So I think these questions that we're about to pose could not be better, could not be better. So again, Bradley, thank you for taking time out. Let's get started with the first question. Sounds good. Bradley, as a union carpenter, what do you think of when you hear the words construction and infrastructure? When I think of construction, I think of just 30 guys making money, but infrastructure, I have never really thought about that word. Yeah, I don't really know. Well, you know, let me do a real quick uh, story, if you don't mind. Years ago, we had an opportunity to go to San Pedro High School to talk to the graduating seniors about career paths. And so everyone got an opportunity and we got up and talked about the construction industry. It just so happened that one of our contractors knew the principal and asked him if he could do this. And the principal said yes. So we got up and this room was full of graduating seniors at San Pedro High School. And we had talked about construction and what can you do with that? And one of the recent graduates of San Pedro High School was a gentleman who was in the Carpenters Union. He got up and said, you know, I, I went here and here's what I've done and here's what I'm doing. And now I am a carpenter, been a carpenter for about a year and a half. And if you really, really work hard, this is one of the perks that you may be able to get. And when he did that, we pulled up the blinds and we had parked right in front of the classroom a brand new Corvette. The students looked at the car, looked at this young man and said, we knew nothing about this industry. How does that happen? And this gentleman went on to tell you about what it's like to be in the industry, working in construction, working in the infrastructure world. And one of the things, if you work hard, you get something like that. The type of response that we had from the students was immense. They came down afterwards, wanted to know about that type of world, what is a union, how does it work? So it gives really a kind of a vision of where you're gonna go. And it's not only money, as you talked about, but- Yeah, no, it's not money. It's, it's about what you can learn to do with your life. And instead of going to college, when you can really just go out and be who you want and still succeed in life without needing a full education through college, I would say the union saved my life because I had no idea what I was doing out of high school. And now I know I'm going to finish this off. And then after this, I'm going to start my own company and hopefully have my own Corvette, just like that gentleman that you were talking about. Nice. You know, again, thank you, Bradley, for joining us today. I think a lot of listeners listening to you and your history and what you're doing now, how did you come to find the unions? How did you find the carpenters and what made you search for them or how did they find you? So when I was about, I think I was a junior in high school, my plan was straight Marines. I just wanted to join the Marines. I didn't want to do anything else. And when it came to the time where I really needed to make a decision, I told my parents that I wasn't really feeling the Marines anymore. And about, I'd say 20 minutes later, my dad walked into my room and he got in contact with one of his old buddies who works for the union and is a vice president of a company. 
and my dad told me to give him a call and I gave him a call and he told me to go to the union, take a tour, see what I think about it. And I fell in love with it because you're not at school all the time. You're on the field every day. You're really learning something with your life. By the end of all this, you could possibly build a house. It's just everything that I needed just lined up at a perfect timing for me. And the way that the union found me was probably the greatest way everybody else will find the union. It's all about who you know in this industry. Great. You know, I hear many stories like that, but to hear it live from you is incredible. And you often think about really how people are saved. And we have so many stories in the history of our unions, specifically where, you know, we had people either that were homeless or that had just kind of got lost in their lives and just needed a way back. And they found their way back through the unions and working so steadily. So it's great to hear, you know, your first start out of the gates and really still continuing to search for something and you didn't give up. And now look what you found. So wonderful. Yeah, I I think it's awesome because I'm so young in the trade and there's people joining the trade now that are 10, 15, 20 years older than me. And I'm teaching them how to do things on the site. And at the end of all of it, it's such a good feeling just knowing that you've helped somebody. You're teaching somebody. So I love the union. Fantastic. And it's so funny because you didn't even, you didn't know what existed. So you didn't even know what you were missing until now you're in it. And you're like, wow, how could I have missed this? (laughs) Exactly. So, you know, we're all drivers, young drivers, older drivers, everybody's driving, everybody's dealing with the same situations. What is it now, especially maybe a little more awareness, what is it that you notice about some of the roads or freeways and conditions? What do you mean by that? Specifically as a driver, as you're driving down the roads, do you have a different opinion about how the roads are fixed when there's problems on the roads? Are you aware more of the you know, potholes and different problems on the roads? Oh, yeah. I am very aware of everything, especially sitting in my own room. I look around and just think, how did these guys get away with building my room like this? Yes. So it's very cool to know that I'm able to look at something, realize what's wrong with it, and be able to fix it. Nice. Fun to go back and look at the work that you've done, too. When you go back and look at projects, how does that make you feel? That makes me feel like I'm building America. It's the best feeling ever. And you are, and we need you, and we're grateful that you're doing it. Thank you. You're welcome. Bradley. You know, as a young carpenter and you're out with your friends, do you ever find yourself discussing the construction industry with your friends? Do you tell them from what we're hearing, what a fantastic opportunity for you to use your God-given skills and at the end of the day, turn around and look what you built. Do you ever have those conversations with your friends? Man, I think I do about every day. Every day I get asked about my work and it's crazy how pe- how interested people are in my line of work and they talk about how much they want to do it. But the craziest thing is their parents won't let them. 
their parents tell them that they need to go to college. I just got lucky with my parents letting me do whatever I wanted to do with my life. Yeah, funny, isn't that, Bradley, when you're probably teaching those 10, 20-year-old folks on the job site, why don't you ask how many of them are college graduates who found out that wasn't their career path, they really didn't like it, COVID has changed a lot, and now they're really looking at a career path that pays well, great benefits, but also you feel good at the end of the day. It must be a smile on your face when you talk to those folks. Oh, yeah. I'm always very proud of sharing my work to my friends, explaining to them what I can do. It's better than, oh, I went to four years of college and I still don't know what to do. I skipped that whole process, jumped in the trade, and I'm still getting a college degree. I definitely made the right choice. And those 10s and 20-year-olds above me, most of them went to college for about one year, just one year, and dropped out. And they didn't know what to do for another 10 years. And then they finally realized that the union was the way to go. So I definitely feel like I jumped headfirst into this one. I'm glad. Bradley, what a great success. As I can picture you working on your projects and working amongst the brotherhood, et cetera, I have to ask this question because this is a question, as we know, the trades are open to everyone. What's it like to work along women in construction? I think it's great. It's honestly all about the trade that you get into because there's the pipe fitters, there's the carpenters, there's the iron workers. I've seen women in every part of that trade. I love seeing women in the trade and I'd love to see more. That's wonderful. I just want to go back again because your maturity, looking at the skill sets and our next generation, your parents must be very proud of what you have accomplished in a very short period of time. So how old were you when you actually started in the trades? How long have you been in? I joined the union two weeks after I graduated high school. Were you 18 at that time then? I was 18 at that time. So I'm already two years into my program, and it's a four-year program until I journey out. And once I journey out as a 22-year-old, that's going to be probably one of my biggest achievements of my whole life. No argument, Bradley. And not only when you journey out, the opportunity for you to continue on, and you started this about working hard, and then your goal is to own a company. I mean, yes, how, many, how many college graduates are going, wow, I'm... I now have a diploma in accounting, but, you know, I'll always stuck in cubicle two doing audits. You know, you're going to, yeah. you'll have that wealth of knowledge and then you'll probably be using those accountants to take care of your books for your company. So exactly. They will be doing my paperwork for me. <laughs> That's exactly right. But then again, with how, how the industry is changing and all that, they want people from college to run projects but the craziest thing is they don't know what's going to work on plans right so when you need needs a ceiling to drop down with certain amount of sprinkler pipes sometimes it doesn't work because the college student just has not been in the field to see that it won't work doesn't have the application yeah You know, that is one thing about 
people when they get into our industry, whether it is the carpenters or the laborers or the operators, these actual apprenticeship training programs are the key to success. They are the building blocks on taking a person's thoughts of life and putting them together for a fantastic straight career in whatever union that they belong to. And it really, like Carol just said, it really is a brotherhood. Everyone looks out for everyone on the job site and, and making sure that at the end of the day, everyone goes home. And I think that's also something that you sometimes don't see in corporations. Exactly. It's just a different mindset. Every day, my boss tells me, you guys want to go home today? Let's work safe. That's right. That's the biggest thing. Always working safe. No shortcuts. I definitely love my, my line of work. Wow. Thank you, Bradley, so much for being with us today. Your insight at your age, at your level is just, I hope it can resonate with our listeners because this is something we hear all the time and it's really now for the public to hear and what an engagement that we've had with you today. Thank you again. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate the time that you guys gave me. Wonderful. Well, that wraps up this special Infrastructure Week episode on Rebuild SoCal Zone. Thank you all for listening and a huge thank you to our panel for participating and to Carol Church for being my co-host. As always, please subscribe to us on all of our channels so you never miss an episode.